Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. 720 WGN. I'm Lisa Den. And Tom Skilling, I got to tell you, Tom, we're all kind of tired of the gloomy weather. We just need a little sunshine. Tell me about it, Lisa. I, you know, this is kind of depressing, isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of uh, defined seasonal affective disorder type weather. Six days since the sun has uh, uh, managed to shine here in Chicago, Lisa. And, you know, it's interesting. The one thing it's done is held the temperatures up. We've not been below freezing since Thursday morning out at O'Hare. That's uh, nearly five days there and seven days at Midway Airport since we've had a freezing temperature. Uh, that's not bad in December. On the other hand, you go out in this windy weather and it doesn't feel particularly warm, does it? No, it uh, doesn't. <laughs> murky grid. Yeah. Tom Skilling is with us, our beloved weatherman from WGN-TV. It is sponsored by Permaseal Basement Systems. So, so yeah, we've got this gloomy weather. We have a major storm that could impact travel. It's not going to really affect us too much, but it seems like the southeast is going to be hit with rain or tornadoes. And my gosh, they're getting some yeah. snow in the mountains, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And um, an out-and-out blizzard out in the Plains states, they could have 50-mile-an-hour winds and snow uh, that exceeds a foot. Out in South Dakota, parts of Nebraska, ultimately that thing could uh, produce uh, sizable snows even up into the north woods of Wisconsin. So there are all kinds of advisories. There are something like 22 states under one form of advisory or another. And, you know, this is one of these full-purpose storms, uh, Lisa. You've got uh, a blizzard on one side and tornadic thunderstorms on the other. And uh, we're in for a wind-driven rain here in Chicago. Could be the biggest rain here in three months, which we actually need because we've only had a little over half our normal precipitation uh, since September 1 through autumn and uh, very early uh, meteorological winter here. So a little moisture wouldn't be bad. It just makes for kind of a depressing scene though that's yeah. <laughs> to be sure and they gave this storm this winter storm a name diaz is that it, it, so we're naming winter storms right well you know that's the weather channel uh and they do that uh on their own it's not officially a practice here oh good you know, they do that in europe they name the winter storms there and of course in this country we name hurricanes uh they started that at the weather channel several decades ago uh, it's it's rather controversial in the field because the feeling is that winter storms are not like hurricanes. They're not uniform in their impact on people. And so they thought it might be kind of, a lot of folks feel it might be kind of confusing. Well, I don't know, what do you think about No, I don't storms? want names for winter storms. And I think we talked about this one time and people called in and feel the same way for the most part. It's like, no, we don't need to name these storms because they they have a completely different impact than hurricanes do. So I think we can just stick yeah. to, to that. Well, you know what, Lisa, there have even been uh, suggestions in some quarters and their minority views, but uh, that we name heat waves and cold waves. Um, and I think it would get pretty darn confusing after a while if we said, oh, here comes Fred. And, uh, you know, in the <laughs> wake of Fred, we've got uh, Lisa coming. Yeah. Uh, you know, we could name it Storm Lisa. Uh, so we could have a cold wave named uh, after a named storm and you'd start losing track of what you were 
<laughs> what the names applied to. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, I'm with you. I No, uh, I don't need to be naming winter storms. Um, but we're going to feel that winter weather coming, aren't we? Yeah, uh, there's quite a pattern change coming. You know, um, we've been above normal. 11 of the first 13 days this month, today will be one of them, have been averaging above normal. Mainly because not the days have been not that the days have been so warm. Uh, all the cloud covers held the nighttime temperatures up. So when you average across a whole day, it ends up being above normal. And eleven to thirteen December days have been above normal. But I'll tell you, we're going to start feeling the cold later this week because this storm that's going to bring us the rain starting later tonight through tomorrow tomorrow night might be a break in it uh, Thursday morning. We might even get a peak of sun and then the backwash clouds that might bring snow and uh, rain showers in later Thursday and Friday uh, will come into play. And that begins dragging the colder air in. So we'll see temps going from, say, 41 Thursday morning down to the 30s in the afternoon, and then we'll be in the 30s on Friday and probably the 20s over the weekend. And next week, the real cold starts arriving. Um, And by Christmas, which, of course, is a week from this coming weekend, um, we could have highs only in the teens and nighttime lows in single digits. So that'll that'll be more authentic winter weather uh, coming our way. Next week could average nearly 20 degrees colder than this week, uh, Lisa. <laughs> so that, that's quite a change. And here we are complaining about this weather. Because for me, Tom, this is bone-chilling weather. If you give me rainy conditions or even misty conditions and 40, it I, just feels miserable to me. I agree with you. I you know, I'll tell you, maybe it's my old age or something like that. I, I Things uh, strike me as colder <laughs> than they once did. You know, I'm, a, I'm the kind of guy that got on a plane and went up to Alaska in the winter. But I'll tell you, as I go on, um, I, I agree with you totally. I, this stuff goes right through you. Yeah, no question about it. We got it, Tom, because you're going to get on a plane and go to Hawaii this year. So you have made the, the transition. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We have this debate in the office. We have the warm weather enthusiasts, uh, and then we have the cold weather enthusiasts. So the warm weather people are telling me that they have prevailed and they've uh, brought me to my senses. But um, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm anxious. We're going. I'm going out to Hawaii uh, this Saturday, and I'm, you know, that volcano out there, Mauna Loa, seems to be winding down big time which is actually kind of good because there was a a critical highway that crossed the big island where Mauna Loa is, and a lot of Hawaiians use that to commute to work. There was the threat that that was going to be cut off by the lava flow, but it looks now like it's escaped, and no homes have been destroyed or affected, nor has any population center out there, so it's been more a tourist attraction up to this point because the lava flows have been something to see, but they're winding down now. And um, so it'll be interesting to see. I've, I've still got a, uh, plans to fly over it. I want to see what it looks like, and I'm going to be doing some exploring. So I'll, I'll tell you what I find out there when I see that. Oh, I can't wait to see the pictures. That's always fun. Yeah. Tom Skilling yeah. is with us. We always look forward to Tuesdays. Coming up, we'll talk about 138 years of white Christmas data. Um, the meteor shower tonight, <laughs> I don't know that we'll see it. And that whole nuclear fusion thing, I'd love to get your take on that. But first, a check on the weather right now with Mary Vandeveld and a check on traffic. 
720 WGN. Tom Skilling is on the Lisa Dent Show. And Tom, is there any chance we're going to see that meteor shower tonight? It's going to be too cloudy, no. right? Yeah. No, not tonight or tomorrow night. You know, normally you see these over a couple of years. No, not unless you're in a high-altitude plane or you're watching a live feed from somewhere where they have better weather than we're going to have. Yeah. No, I'm afraid, Lisa, that's a... That's going to be one of these astronomical phenomena that's a no-show around here. Yeah. You said the cold weather is coming for Christmas, like really frigid cold weather. And doesn't look like we're going to have a white Christmas. But I know you sent me some stats. 138 years of data about white Christmases. And honestly, I'm kind of shocked by it. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. You would think um, that the majority of our Christmases were white Christmas uh, white Christmases. And by the way, we define a white Christmas as a Christmas that starts the day with at least an inch of snow on the ground. That's been the classic definition of a white Christmas. So if you use that definition, something like four in 10 Chicago Christmases have been white Christmases. Now, I'll tell you, um, it's interesting. I uh, We broke out some other stats. We have snow data that goes back to the winter of 1884-85. We have temperature records here that go back to the Chicago fire, uh, but the snow records only go back to 1884-85. That's still 138 years. And uh, about half of years have seen at least a three-inch snow by Christmas, and about 16% of years have seen a half a foot or more snow at some point before Christmas. So uh, we're watching a system Next, uh, it looks like Wednesday night, Thursday, perhaps into Friday, that has at least a chance of producing snow in that colder week weather that we'll have next week. So there's a, a fighting chance that we may get a white Christmas. Um, not uniformity among all the models at this point uh, on that, that potential snow, but it sure looks interesting on some of them. And usually when there's smoke, there's fire there. So it, It'll be interesting to watch that uh, next week. Well, that's a lot a, of people like a yeah. We do like a white Christmas. That's a very popular thing for a weather person in Chicago to say or predict because we all <laughs> hold on to that romantic yeah. notion of a white Christmas. Tom Skilling is yeah. with us, and Tom, I don't know if this is in your wheelhouse or you've been paying attention, but when uh, U.S. officials came out yesterday and talked about this big milestone for the future of clean energy, and it's yeah. a man-made process that replicates the same energy that powers the sun do you know anything about this can you tell us anything look i am not an energy expert but i've been following this i think as a lot of folks have this is amazing stuff uh if they can figure out how through fusion rather than fission which produces radioactivity and all uh, splitting atoms uh, here you're bumping atoms into one another and that releases uh, a form of energy that that uh, occurs without radioactivity so if they were to crack that nut and figure out how to scale that up, uh, we could produce uh, electricity and energy uh, without carbon production or, uh, you know, uh, radioactivity or anything like that. It would be an, a, a source of unlimited energy and therefore uh, would just, uh, you know, do away with fossil fuels in the long run and uh, enable us to run uh, our energy needs or meet our energy needs without polluting as much. So it's very interesting. Apparently what's been done is the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory folks out in California have uh, managed to uh, make this process work on a very small scale. 
Um, and that's considered a breakthrough. In fact, they're saying it's one of the great scientific achievements already of the 21st century. Now, it's decades away from producing electricity, and it will have to be scaled up. But if it works, uh, this is really a monumental change on the energy front. Uh, imagine unlimited, uh, non-polluting energy. I mean, that, that would be pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, it, it might not be here for us, but it might be here for our kids or future generations. Yeah, and who knows? You know, Lisa, you and I intend to stick around for a while, so uh, maybe Tom, we'll be around us. We, you know? <laughs> we had Sister Jean on the show yesterday. She is oh, 103, oh. and she is as astute and knowledgeable and hip and cool yeah. as anyone. Isn't that amazing? I'll tell you. God bless her. That is, that is so wonderful. And I, you know. That's what uh, I'm striving for. So I want to I want to grow up and be Sister Jean. There you go. With, I, I'll tell you something. Without yeah, having I, to commit you know, to celibacy. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Well, I, I'll tell you something. If anybody's going to do it, you are. So I, I'll tell you something. I'm in your corner on that one. Yeah, we, we yeah, I definitely want to be here at 103 or 110. I'll take as much time as God gives me. I'm I'm here for the party for the rest of my life and I'm excited about it. Uh so for you. I hope that you will be posting pictures while you're in Hawaii. Yeah, okay. I uh, I'm that and and uh, I'll report back to you and I look forward to talking to you in a couple of weeks. Um uh, this will be interesting. I've never been over there at this time of the year before, so I'm anxious to see what it's like, what a Hawaiian Christmas is like. Well, um, it'll be different than we're used to here, I'm sure. I think you're going to enjoy every moment, and I cannot thank you enough for being a part of the show every Tuesday, and I wish you the merriest oh, of Christmases, Tom. And to you and your family and loved ones as well, and to all of our listeners as well. Merry Christmas to you, Lisa. Mm, you're the best, Tom. Hey, uh, well, while we were talking to Tom, our producers were trying to come up with some audio of how to correctly pronounce the country where the World Cup took place or is taking place because people are like, Lisa, you can't say Cutter. And I remember being on the radio in Chicago and we had one of our people there and that's how he pronounced it. I think someone said it should sound more not like Cutter, but more like Qatar. Um, roll the R, which I cannot roll the R. But uh, this guy appeared on CNN. He is um, an Arabic speaker and he tried to help us understand. Americans like to pronounce it as sometimes guitar. Excellent! I've also heard uh, gutter. But there's definitely no uh, cutter. It's out of here. It's history. It's okay. I know that people aren't mispronouncing it, you know, to, to, to be rude. It's just that they don't know. Hopefully today they will know. <laughs> First of all, it's the official pronunciation, which is Qatar. So it's a strong cue. And the way that you do it is by trying to close your throat. Bah. Bah. And it's a strong T, which is almost between a T and a D. Bah. Bah. And then it's a rolled R, so Qatar, which would be R. It's difficult <laughs> because all three of those letters are not used in uh, the English language. So Qatar. Other acceptable ways of saying Qatar is Qatar. Welcome to Qatar. But we're definitely not guitars, and we are uh, not in the gutter. (laughs) 
regardless of how anybody pronounces anything. Our culture is all based on intention. If you have good intentions, we're happy. I will never be able to roll my R's, no matter how hard I try. But I'll stick with Qatar instead of Qatar. (laughs) Hey, Lauren has your news. She always gets it right. That's next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom.